Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with you all today. If you want to reach out to the show, the KPL app chat is the place to be, always the place to be. Just open up your app, hit the little text message looking icon in the upper right corner, tap that. You go there, select general message as the show you want to send a message to. I read all of those messages as they come in. Okay. So if you have the app, you got a little alert earlier. Listed what I was going to talk about today. Let me just read that for you now. Coming up this hour, recent polling on the Louisiana governor's race shows more of the same. Plus, the Lafayette Library Board remains in the news. Tap here to listen live. And I fully intend to talk about those things. But late last night, I was scrolling through Twitter or X or whatever you call it, and I saw the preview for the latest episode of Tucker Carlson's show on Twitter slash X. And I've had multiple people text me about this today. I didn't want to talk about it. But I'm going to very briefly. A man named Larry Sinclair said he had a night of crack cocaine fueled sex with Barack Obama and that Obama came back for more the next day. Now, if you watch the video, this guy, Larry Sinclair, latter middle-aged looking white guy, I'm going to be honest with you. If Barack Obama were the kind of person who would have a crack-addled affair with a man, I think he could do better. Obama can do better than Larry Sinclair. I don't know why Tucker is having this interview, why he's posted this interview, why this is the route he wants to take. This comes on the heels of the revelation that Obama had fantasized about men. Uh, and I, I guess we're capitalizing on that right now. I, I don't know why it needs to be the thing that happened. Like, like that's that's what Tucker Carlson's got a massive platform, and he's he can very clearly reach a ton of people, and there are many many issues to talk about. And I, for the life of me, do not know why he is taking that route instead. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know that America needs to know about any possible crack fueled 
gay love affairs that Barack Obama has had. But I've gotten enough text messages about it that clearly some of you wanted me to discuss it. And I am not so foolish as to ignore what you guys are requesting me talk about. So that is it. That's my take on that. Barack Obama can do better than this guy. Anyway, moving on to the news of the day. Just, uh, and so I missed this poll last week or the, the, the beginning of last week. Uh, there's a poll that was conducted by uh, the Fauche Strategies uh, out of New Orleans, but it was a poll that was sponsored by major media outlets throughout the state of Louisiana, including KATC here in Lafayette. The poll shows some pretty interesting data. First of all, Jeff Landry is still the dominant force in this race. In fact, in a head-to-head matchup, he's doing better against... Sean Wilson in this poll than he was two months ago in a poll conducted by a Republican organization, Citizens for a New Louisiana. At that time, that poll by Citizens for a New Louisiana showed that in a one-to-one runoff, a one-versus-one race, Landry was ahead of Wilson 45% to 40%. Emerson College did a poll that had Landry up 18 points in just the general primary. Landry at 40%, Wilson at 22%, Waggispack at 5, Sharon Hewitt at 5, Schroeder at 4, Lundy at 3. That's Emerson College. Now, Fauche Strategies has uh, Landry performing a little under that and Wilson kind of a little over that last one in the primary, in this jungle primary, this all-in primary. Landry at 36%, Wilson at 26%. Hunter Lundy actually getting a bit of a boost here at 7%. Waggispack at 6 Schroeder at 4 Hewitt at 3 Nelson at, th- at 2 So Landry's still very far ahead. He is... Uh, he is 10 points ahead of Wilson and nearly 30 points over everybody else. 30 points over every other Republican in the race, at least 29 points over Lundy, who has moved into third place. But here's what's interesting. The head-to-head matchup has Landry at 54% and Wilson at 36%. Now, I've said repeatedly that I really think 33 to 36%, somewhere in that lower to mid-30s range, maybe drifting into the upper 30s, like at 36% or whatever, that's Sean Wilson's ceiling. A third of the voters in the state are Democrats. Two-thirds of the Democrat voters in the state are African-American voters. They are most likely to go vote for Sean Wilson. He is the black Democratic candidate. However, he's not generating a whole lot of noise in the campaign. You could very likely see a number of people, a number of Democratic voters, especially in the runoff, just decide to stay home. 
That 36% for Wilson in the runoff includes Republicans who are part of the Never Landry camp who are going to vote against Landry. It's the same type of people who've, uh, who would have voted against David Vitter back in 2015. Same type. These are people who uh, are so disgusted or dislike the Republican candidate so much that they vote against the Republican candidate or they don't go vote at all. But Landry's still the dominant force here. He's got he's sitting on what nine, ten million dollars right now. He's raised a ton of money, including from trial lawyers. He's told the trial lawyers he's not going to be a threat to them. Nobody else aside from Landry really has name recognition. Wilson's getting beat up by ads from the Republican Governors Association. Landry is the subject of attack ads from Schroeder, from Waggis Pack's uh, Political Action Committee. But nobody's really touching Landry. Nobody else has name recognition. So that's where we're at. In the Louisiana governor's race, there's more to this. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss today, a lot of news I want to try to get to, a lot of stuff in the state that I really want to get to. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Remember to select general message when you send a message through the app. That's the messages I look at. Those are the ones I see when you send them through the app. So a little bit more data on this poll. Uh, from uh, Foshe Strategies. Uh, here's what's, I think, probably the most important data out of it. Landry received 63% of the Republican vote, while none of the other four Republicans garnered more than 9%. Among independents, Landry led with 30% of the vote trailed by Hunter Lundy with 18%. Independents don't look like they're going to break Democrat in this election. What's more, that's some massive Republican support behind Landry. And not all of the 37% or so that are against Landry in this are go- are never Landry type folks. A lot of them will consolidate behind Landry if they go vote in November after the October primary. There's really no data out there suggesting that Landry's in trouble. He's got the money, he's got the poll numbers, he has the endorsements, the support. He, there's there's really very little that seems to be poised to stop him. However, as I've said before, never underestimate Louisiana Republicans' ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I'm not ready to say this one's over until it's actually over. Let's take this break. We'll be back in just a minute here on The Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. 
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number. Or you can send a message to the KPL app chat. Remember to select general message when you do so I can see the messages that you are sending to be part of the conversation. Now, a bit of somewhat breaking news. I think you heard this during the Fox News uh, update at 5 o'clock. The DOJ now says they expect to indict Hunter Biden on a gun charge by the end of September. The judge handling the case ordered the Department of Justice to give an update on its timeline because that case has gone to special counsel, uh, special prosecutor David Weiss. He had to provide that timeline. So they have filed in this that they are expecting a grand jury to return an indictment by September 29th of this month of, of yeah, September 29th later this month. The charge mentioned is related to title 18 U S States, uh, United States code section nine twenty two and nine twenty four, uh, which deal with Hunter Biden's illegal purchase of a firearm while on narcotics. So it's moving forward. That's not to say that it's going to be the rigorous prosecution that we've seen for other folks, let's say, but it is apparently moving forward. This is part of kind of what I was talking about yesterday when it comes to Joe Biden and the many, 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 many problems he's got going right now. There's a lot of things that the Democrats can and should be worried about. Biden, Biden's really stuck here because there's other news that also came out today about Joe Biden. Biden apparently colluded with one of the business partners of Hunter Biden. Apparently, Joe Biden signed off on talking points that Hunter's business partner sent to the then vice president's office about the corruption and Burisma stuff. The House Oversight Committee's Republicans released the information today. In one example, on December 4th, 2015, Eric Schwerin, a longtime Biden family business associate, wrote to Kate Bedingfield in the office of the vice president, providing quotes the White House should use in response to media outreach regarding Hunter Biden's role in Burisma. Later that day, Ms. Bedingfield responded to Mr. Shoren, saying VP signed off on this. According to Devin Archer, after a Burisma board of directors meeting in Dubai on the evening of December 4th, 2015, Hunter Biden called D.C. to discuss pressure that Burisma asked him to relieve. Now, Representative James Comer, chair of the Oversight Committee, is calling on the National Archives to release unredacted documents related to these email exchanges. 
He's asking for the following. Complete and unredacted versions of all documents from records on Hunter Biden, James Biden, and their foreign business dealings. All documents and communications to or from the executive office of the president, including but not limited to the office of the vice president, to from copying or regarding Eric Schwinn, Devin Archer, Luke Jeremick, John Robinson, Walker, or Jeffrey Cooper. All documents and communications to or from Kate Bedingfield, Michael Carpenter, Kathy Chung, Amos Hosting, Colin Call, and Alexander Mackler, to from copying or regarding Hunter Biden or James Biden. And they're also asking for all executive calendars created for then-Vice President Joe Biden dating from January 20th, 2009 to January 20th, 2017. This is what I was talking about a couple weeks back that, okay, so Kevin McCarthy is, he's entertaining the idea of impeachment inquiries. He hasn't signed off on impeachment yet. Not sure if he will, but there's growing pressure from several conservatives in the House calling for impeachment of Joe Biden. And... I irritated several of you a couple weeks back when I said I wasn't sure about going through on impeachment. Actually, what was interesting is that Tommy Lahren, who's Fox News commentary you hear on our station, she said something similar yesterday. In my view, you get one shot at impeachment. You pull the trigger, impeachment fails. It's going to fail. I'm, I'm not even sure that you're going to get it across the finish line in the House. And it doesn't matter if you say that you want to get everybody on the record when it comes to it. The fact of the matter is that nobody gives a damn about the record in the long run. They don't. You may not get it through the House. You definitely won't get a conviction in the Senate. You don't have 50 senators, much less two-thirds. But instead, what the Republicans have been doing is what they should continue to do. With releases like this, you flood the zone. Joe Biden's approval rating is in the 30s. It's not getting any higher. The economy still sucks. You've got the Hunter Biden stuff that's still drawing him down. You've got the fact that his administration can't handle anything from inflation to the economy to the border to crime, they haven't been able to solve any of the issues they have said they want to solve. And Americans are generally very tired of the Biden administration. So flood the zone, because even if the mainstream media won't cover all of these stories, if you flood the zone, they're going to have to eventually cover some of it. And the more of that that gets out and trickles through the more you get voters turned off of the Biden administration. There's a lot of talk, a lot of chatter from Democratic strategists saying, oh, well, here's Biden's chance. He can do this. Yes, Biden's struggling. But none of them talk about this stuff. And they, they should consider, they're ignoring it because they think it's all just a political revenge that doesn't mean anything. But American voters do see it. 
And American voters are concerned. They're not as concerned about it as they are immigration, crime, fentanyl, economy, all that. But they are still concerned by seeming corruption from the White House. Flood the zone. Biden's not going to be able to survive a bunch of negative stories about his son and the economy and crime and the border and everything else. He's not. But it all depends on how the Republicans handle 2024. Take a break. We'll wrap up the show here in a sec. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. So I did say that I would mention this bit. So the the Lafayette Library Board has been in the news again. The board president, Robert Judge, submitted his resignation as board president. He's still on the board, though. And at a recent public meeting, a lot of local actors and concerned folks uh, took the time to uh, go after Judge, go after the board for recent actions. And I've I've kind of talked about some of it before. Um I the library board has become a distraction to some of the things that the 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 city and the parish really need. Um one of the things that's come out is that Judge has been very resistant to a, a North Side library. Um, and his argument was that taxpayer money shouldn't be used to build a new place. They should just find a place to to utilize for the time being. And in reality, I, and I cannot say this strongly enough. And and in fact, kudos to the school board for partnering with the parish to work on some work on a, a deal for some land to be able to build a new facility. The north side needs a library. There are a lot of underserved kids in that part of the parish that do not have a library near them that desperately need one. They need a place to go because they may not have computer access or resources at home. They may need a place to go just to do their homework because their lives at home are simply not stable enough. There are loads of reasons to have one and to have one that's built so that the parish is not having to rent a place and just Spend more money longer because eventually, even if you are temporarily renting one, you're just paying money and it's not going towards something permanent. Pay money towards something permanent now. The North Side desperately needs this. I hope this project gets underway soon. All right. You guys have a great one. I'll be back in 23 hours, 5 o'clock tomorrow, right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at redstate.com. You can find 
my political columns. You can find the podcast of this show at joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Or you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever. You guys have a great day. I'll talk to you again soon right here. News Talk 96.5 KPL.